0: Welcome to the GAC Files, a podcast about the people, issues, and ideas driving Global Affairs Canada.
1: Bienvenue au dossier d'AMC, un balado sur les gens, les enjeux et les idées qui animent Affaires mondiales Canada.
0: And now, introducing your host, Global Affairs Canada's Deputy Minister of International Trade, John Hannaford.
1: Et maintenant, voici votre animateur, John Hannaford. Sous-ministre du Commerce international, d'Affaires mondiales, Canada.
2: Bienvenue à tous. C'est un plaisir d'avoir l'occasion d'avoir une autre conversation avec un collègue. uh, C'est une célébration d'un certain sens parce que c'est l'anniversaire d'une institution assez importante pour le le Canada comme uh, un marché et comme un uh, pays. This is the 125th anniversary of the Trade Commissioner Service and uh, it's a real opportunity to kind of mark a remarkable history. The Trade Commissioner Service was... Kind of at the pointy edge of our um, our existence as an international player. Our, the first Canadian assigned abroad was a trade commissioner to uh, to Australia 125 years ago, and um, the service has continued to provide mm-hmm. really critical service to um, Canadians to find new markets, to um, find new opportunities around the world, and. Uh, I'm very lucky to have with me today uh, my colleague, Ailish Campbell, who is the Chief Trade Commissioner and has been in this role for three years. And just as an opportunity Mm -hmm. to kind of take stock as to uh, uh, where we are in the evolution of this really critical service Mm -hmm. to the Canadian government. So welcome, Ailish. Thanks so much. Um, I guess I just wanted to start by uh, inviting you to kind of reflect on where we are right now with the service As I say, it's been 125 years, but you've been in this job for <laughs> three of those years, and you've seen sort of a, um, a, a microcosm of that evolution. Kind of, what what, you, what would you say are the sort of strengths of the institution right now? Mm-hmm. Um, and then we could talk a little bit about where we can see this going over the course of the next period of time. But let's we'll start with, with the sort of current strengths of the organization.
3: Yeah, well, as you said, nos conseils, Clarée, et les entreprises à perfectionner their strategy. We hear a lot from companies um, about how the Trade Commissioner Service, in fact, uh, helps them discover potential pitfalls that they Mm. didn't even know they might have in a market. Um, The tremendous value of having our locally engaged staff and that real local knowledge is something that you and I, John, have talked a lot about, and I just want to recognize in this podcast that we uh, stand very tall at the Trade Commissioner Service with an incredible global team uh, that includes some unique elements that I don't know that all of our Global Affairs Canada colleagues are aware of, and that includes not just our great headquarters team and our policy capacity here, but our regional offices across Canada. The Trade Commissioner Service um, is constantly innovating, uh, and one of our new updates last year inside Canada was adding a regional office in Winnipeg, Uh, and globally. We have an incredible team, as I say, locally engaged staff with our incredible Canada-based staff, our trade commissioners uh, trained here that lead our teams abroad. Um, So many awesome fun things have happened over the last three years, but I'd say um, with the trade diversification strategy and a series of incredibly strong and dedicated ministers, Minister Freeland, Minister Carr, Minister Champagne and now Minister Ng, the trade diversification strategy uh, has rolled out to allow us to do exciting things like our Canadian technology accelerators abroad, which we've expanded from the U.S. to now globally, focusing on growth clients. And I think another key piece for us has been our partnerships with uh, federal entities like Export Development Canada, uh, a stronger innovation component with uh, our colleagues at ICED, And I'm really excited about the year ahead, particularly as we focus on women and diversity exporters with colleagues um, at Business Development Canada that focus on small business finance, Uh, not to mention, uh, because I could just go on, (laughs) our fantastic partnerships with provinces and territories. Like we really are Canada. And by Canada, I mean every province, every territory, every city. We are, are their network abroad. And maybe
2: expand a little bit on the role of the regional offices because I think that's, that's one yeah. of, it's one of it's a really interesting institution within the broader department because you know we've 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 got obviously we think of our missions abroad and that that is an incredible strength of this uh, of this ministry generally but one of the really interesting aspects of the trade. Portfolio is the regional offices, and I'm going to be in Halifax the end of this week. And so great. this podcast will actually include both you and a conversation with with folks in Halifax. But uh, kind great. of interested in you know hearing a little bit more about the role that those offices play, which is I think unique.
3: Mm-hmm. It is really unique. So I'm going to say sort of like three key things. The first is you know we have to commit to going where businesses are, and of course that means our global network abroad. But where are companies headquartered? That's here in Canada. Right. And the mission is to get Canadian headquarters, headquartered companies growing global. So that requires a network that some of our colleagues would say is intermestic or both domestic and international at the same time. Uh, the second piece is, I mean, listen, there's nothing better than local intel and we should include Canada. And our understanding of this country and its very varied regions and city innovation and business ecosystems as part of our intelligence that we also offer the world. So um, although it's not necessarily um, the, the primary focus of the Trade Commissioners, they're also capacity to host inbound missions, to give people uh, in provincial and territorial governments information about, uh, for example, foreign investors coming into Canada because of our network. These things are completely and totally synergistic. Um, and the last thing I would say is, as the Foreign Service is committed to representing Canada, I can't commend enough Regional offices as a career moment for our foreign service uh, team. That uh, you have a chance, and I don't think, I think again, it's a unique feature that we don't always appreciate. There is an opportunity to have a posting one of your uh, periods of service in one of our regional offices as a trade commissioner. And I think that makes us a stronger department.
2: Yeah, I completely agree. Because I mean, you, what you get there is an experience with with the client base in a much more intimate way than, you know, a lot of folks do in headquarters. And there's a real opportunity to kind of immerse yourself.
3: And, and if you'll allow me just for a moment to put on my, you know, Finance Canada hat. Please. Um, I would also say it's really important for us to remember that market preparation is much more efficient uh, with taxpayer dollars when it's done in Canada. So in other words, we want you doing your preparation for your trip to, say, Israel or to Tokyo or your trip to Peru in Canada. Right. Uh, particularly for markets um, and companies where they are an IP-intensive or R&D-intensive business, are they really prepared? Are they ready with strategies to protect their assets when they go abroad? And doing that preparation in Canada is, frankly, much more efficient than finding out when you're on your, you know, trade mission or at your trade show or in um, a high-powered meeting with, for example, uh, the CTO of a Fortune 100 company that a trade commissioner has um, facilitated for you to find out that, um, for example, some of your intellectual property advice mm-hmm. um, uh, has some gaps for that particular market or region. So again, there's a there's also a really amazing sort of business facing preparation aspect to this that I that I think you you know you appreciate.
2: Right. Um, peut-être on peut discuter un peu l'avenir, uh, vos want- ambitions pour uh, le service. C'est, c'est un moment. It's excitant uh, en ce qui concerne le commerce international. Il y a beaucoup d'opportunités internationales, mais il y a les défis aussi. Oui. Uh, quelles sont vos uh, intentions pour uh, pour le service?
3: Oui, alors les occasions pour innovation sont. Il y a plusieurs ideas. Um, one of the things that I'm really excited about, as I've discussed, is the CTA expansion, the Canadian Technology Accelerator expansion. So let me commend to you. Dare I dare I suggest a podcast? Uh, yet another one of your chapters, like let's get some of our incredible trade commissioners who are leading some of those CTAs. Uh, They started in Boston, we piloted them in the U.S., and we're now going to see them.
2: Describe it a little bit, Eilish. It's a deeply cool idea, and I I, I had a chance to go and visit uh, the Accelerator in New York, but it's a really, really interesting model.
3: It's a high-touch set of services for specific cohorts of companies. We bundle uh, by sector or even by technology a group of companies. They might be doing water remediation and technologies. They might be doing, for example, biotech life sciences, and we bring them to a market where the ecosystem is incredibly strong for that particular uh, set of clients. And uh, I can't commend enough the incredible network across the United States. Uh, The U.S. continues to be, as you know, more than 70% of our total trade. It's where a lot of our Trade Commissioner Service innovations for high-tech companies come from. So as you say, New York, Boston, Palo Alto, San Francisco, Denver, these are where we've piloted, including for clean technology, some of our CTAs. But I'm really thrilled that as of this year, we're going to see them not only in the U.S., but also Tokyo, Hong Kong, Taipei, Singapore, Mexico City. And coming up, because you asked about the future, uh, we're expanding to Berlin, London, and Delhi. Um, nous lançons aussi une importante transformation numérique pour moderniser l'expérience des clients, uh, nos outils numériques et notre présence en ligne. This initiative is going to focus on three big pillars. Um, first of all, again, to kind of keep the client-facing piece uh, of our services uh, dynamic, we're, we're what I call right now an H 2 H organization, human to human, and we want to move some of our I'll put it this way, more information-based services from, you know, C for the client to D digital, from C to D, so from H to H to C to D. Um, uh, Secondly, we want to make sure that our partnerships, you know, uh, with some of the entities we were talking about, that the client, the business, is able to move more seamlessly uh, between ourselves uh, and entities like Export Development Canada and Innovation Services from NRC IRAP, for example, John that's going to take time let's be perfectly frank but i think if we keep the user and the client at the center of this with expertise on user centric design we're absolutely going to get there and third i think you know we talk a lot about the use of data in this department but in order to extract insights and true artificial intelligence one day in other words true you know actual new insights uh, that have evolved out of applying you know good data analytics and algorithms to our information our data has to be organized. So uh, we're really in a, in a quite serious, disciplined, uh, you know, dare I finish a podcast on the Trade Commissioner Service without mentioning TRIO, because uh, it's every Trade Commissioner's favorite thing. Mm. Um, our client relationship management tool really needs modernization. And that's the, that's the other big piece, which, again, leads to better optimization of our services to clients. And some of those insights I hope we can gain over time. Again, our chief economist working very closely with us on this. So super exciting.
2: Fantastic. Well, look, um, it's 125 years, yeah. but it's, it's a living o- organism, and uh, this will, will continue to adapt to uh, new circumstances, and I think uh, there's a plan in place to, to do that to very good effect. So thanks, Taylor. It's great to get a chance to chat, and uh, keep it up.
3: Thanks, <laughs> and a big hi to the entire team yep. that's listening. We're, uh, we're super excited to celebrate the 125th anniversary with all of you.
2: Fantastic. Yeah. Great. Thanks. Alors uh, c'est le deuxième partie de notre épisode aujourd'hui uh, j'ai eu une conversation il y a 2 jours avec Elish Campbell concernant l'anniversaire de service uh, commercial du Canada and uh, this is a chance um, to do something unique for this podcast I think over the course of all of the episodes between David uh, Morrison and myself we have always Done them in Ottawa, but this is this is the first time the podcast is on the road. And it's a chance to uh, chat with some colleagues in the regional office here in Halifax. And I'm delighted to be joined by uh, Christine Smith, who's the director of the office here, and Carolyn Wood, who is the deputy director, and Stéphane Crepeau, who is a, uh, a commissioner service officer here. And uh, this is a chance really to hear a little bit about your experiences in the in the regional offices I was I just had an opportunity to meet with the team here and I was saying that uh, a piece of advice that was given to me when I first joined the department again as deputy minister was to go and talk to people in the regional offices that it's such a critical part of the service that we provide the trade commissioner service um, and so my first trip was actually out to Vancouver where I met with the team there and I'm delighted to have hit the other coast. Um, so Christine, maybe we just start with you and give a little bit of a sense of this office, sort of the scale of it, um, okay. some of the functions that you perform, and your perspective on the kind of the role of the regional offices in the network generally.
0: Um, well, the regional office uh, in Atlantic Canada isn't uh, a large group. We're 14 uh, in total, and we cover four provinces. and i think that's an important uh, thing to say because we are a small team and we're covering uh, a lot of geography which is uh, part of regional office reality so there's a lot of travel and that can be uh, interesting and fun or challenging as you've seen today uh, in the region so to help us uh, ensure we have presence on the ground uh, in all of our provinces we have adopted a hub and spoke model for the atlantic region And so what that means is we have one physical office here in Halifax, which uh, houses eight of our staff. We have one co-location of a trade commissioner in an industry association, which is Stefan. He's with the Aerospace and Defense Association here uh, in Halifax. We have two officers in uh, St. John's, Newfoundland, uh, one in Prince Edward Island uh, in Charlottetown who are co-located at the BDC office, and we have two officers working with Export Development Canada out of their office in Moncton. So these strategic partnerships that we've established um, allows us to have physical infrastructure on the ground in each province, but it also allows us to to work alongside like-minded business development professionals who are also serving SMEs in the region, so it works very well. We cover uh, a variety of sectors in Atlantic Canada and although, when a lot of people think of Atlantic Canada and exports, they think of seafood, which is, of course, our, our biggest export and it's truly important, we, we focus a lot of our time and effort around sectors that have high potential, high growth companies. So, we're working in sectors like ocean tech, uh, which Stefan will talk to a little bit uh, in more detail. We also cover uh, information and communications technologies uh, in the Atlantic region, some really neat pockets of activity around gaming, cybersecurity, for example. We have clean technology companies that are leading edge and world-renowned for what they do, and we have some life sciences companies, some of whom you've met today, that that really have uh, innovative and neat uh, technologies that they're they're selling on a global stage. We we also still cover uh, other sectors. Of course, education is a big one here. Uh, oil and gas, uh, due to Newfoundland's influence on the offshore, and um, those are the sectors that we prioritize. So, you know, really and truly, regional office trade commissioners are the front line of delivery of services to Canadian companies. We're out there in the field. That can be really rewarding and interesting. And we not only promote trade in general, but we really make sure that companies understand and have access to um, the programs that we have, such as Can Export, uh, to the services and connections we can make through our wonderful network of trade commissioners working all around the world, and that they really understand the benefits that are afforded to them through the free trade agreements, because we do have a lot of preferential access. So making sure companies understand that is one of our key roles. The last thing that I'd like to say about working in a regional context is the partnership angle. So here in Atlantic Canada, we're really fortunate. It's a, it's a part of the country where working collaboratively, people pulling together when times are hard, is really part of the history and the way people work here. And we build on that, and we have really good, solid relationships with federal partners, such as I said, uh, the Regional Development Agency here, or COA and uh, as well the provincial government organizations that work in trade. And and by working with these partners collaboratively, it really allows us as a really small team covering a lot of geography to enlarge our reach and make sure that we're reaching uh, companies, uh, SMEs across the region that can really grow through export and can really use the services that we offer.
2: It's the thing that really struck me over the course of the day is really how much this is a point of integration for the federal government. It's fascinating. You know, you wouldn't necessarily predict that the regions would be the point where we actually do work extraordinarily closely together. You'd think that that might happen at headquarters. But in fact, I think you guys are a proof point that integration is a very powerful tool, mm-hmm. and you you use that to an extraordinarily positive effect here with, with regional clients. Carolyn, uh, maybe you could give us a little bit of a sense as to sort of the plans for the coming year. This is... Well, as I said in the outset, this is the 125th anniversary of the foundation of the, of the Trade Commissioner Service. So I'm kind of interested what that year means for this office. And-
4: Sure, I'd love to tell you a little bit more about what we're doing. I think every year it's important that we build on things that we've done in the past. In this past year, we've really been trying out some new ways of working and trying to be innovative um, in our approach. So, for example, in both St. John's, Newfoundland and here in Halifax, Nova Scotia, some of our trade commissioners have begun having office hours at the Genesis Centre in St. John's and at Volta Labs in Halifax. These are both innovation hubs and they're doing just incredible work, really helping to build out um, our technology cluster and help our companies scale up. In fact, I'm really proud to tell you, I'm not sure if you're aware, but the largest venture funding deal in Canada ever happened in 2019 with a company in St. John's, Newfoundland. This company is a Genesis graduate. uh, It's called Verifin and it's a really cool financial crime management software company and they're selling globally. St. John's, Newfoundland. The deal was a $515 million financing transaction, so it was huge. Um, so having trade commissioners working at these hubs allows them to easily meet clients. It makes them much more accessible because the, the clients just see them as part of their extended team. So we're able to provide guidance and advice in a really timely fashion. It's also great. It allows our trade commissioners to meet the companies and, and get to know them early on and they may be the future verifins. Um, they're able to uh, identify any challenges the companies are having. It also helps develop our pipeline for the Canadian technology accelerator program which is really key in the technology space so we really collaborate with our colleagues in headquarters we share intelligence we help recruit candidates for the cta and we track successes in fact to date we've had 36 Atlantic Canadian CTA alumni companies and you heard firsthand this afternoon from one of our companies how how beneficial it was. With the addition of the new CTAs starting up this year in Delhi and London and Berlin, we're excited that we're going to have even more Atlantic Canadian companies um, attending CTAs and participating and, and helping our companies to commercialize, scale up or seek investment, whatever it is that they need. Another initiative that we've been focused on is is our work with the Business Women in Trade file. It's a really important file for the Government of Canada. It's a really important file for the Trade Commissioner Service. So our colleagues at headquarters have really done a lot of work on this file and worked on, on the strategy, um, worked in collaboration with the regional offices, and we're really excited to really make this the year that we really implement that strategy we've become members of our business women's associations in the region we're looking forward to working more closely with them and also with their member companies Um, we've had uh, some discussions with some uh, regional partners to talk about some capacity building initiatives in the region to help uh, women business exporters or women businesses export more and that's really exciting so more to more to come on that we talked a bit about some of our sectors and the ocean tech sector is super exciting and it's a really important one for our region and one initiative that i'd really like to highlight is an ocean tech conference that happens here in june every year and it's called h20 which stands for uh, home to overseas but it's also the chemical formula for water as, as you know Uh, Last year the conference hosted participants from 15 countries um, and the conference has only been going for a few years so it's nice to see that much interest in our region and interest in the sector. We hope to encourage even more participation this year and I know Stefan has been actively engaging with our colleagues to uh, share these details and encourage participation so hopefully this year we'll have even more countries participate. Um, working in a regional office is super exciting and I just want to um, stress how exciting it is because we are the consistent for the companies. Mm-hmm. So we're the one that the company sees um, over and over again. So we're dealing with them with their uh, trade barrier issues, we're dealing with them to leverage free trade agreements and one day we might be um, connecting them to London, the next week it could be to Delhi. So it's really um, exciting work and uh, we're excited about the, the year ahead.
2: Fantastic. Uh, je suis ici pour une conversation avec une, une gamme d'autres ministères et uh, membres de privé secteur concernant uh, les sciences oceaniques. Uh, Stéphane, ça c'est un de vos Responsabilité et peut-être pouvait vous pouvez donner un, un, un sens de les activités concernant les océans.
5: Oui, certainement. Comme Caroline a mentionné, c'est un secteur qui est très intéressant. Et mon travail comme délégué commercial ici est non plus intéressant parce que c'est en forte croissance et qu'il y a beaucoup de changements en même temps. Euh, souvent, quand les gens pensent au secteur des technologies océaniques, ils pensent souvent à la pêche, au secteur des ouais. produits de la mer. Comme Christine disait, c'est un secteur qui est important ici, mais il y a beaucoup d'autres choses qui se passent également. Euh, principalement, euh, je travaille avec beaucoup de compagnies de défense au niveau des, des technologies océaniques, euh, au niveau des sonores, la construction navale, les, euh, les, les bateaux de combat sont fabriqués ici, ou vont se, fa- vont se fabriquer ici à Halifax, euh, au niveau des, euh, des radars, des capteurs, donc beaucoup de technologies au, au niveau de la défense, mais également au niveau de l'énergie renouvelable, la biologie marine, le gaz et le pétrole, l'aquaculture… In en fact, plusieurs companies de l'Atlantique sont des leaders mondiaux dans ces secteurs ici. Ici dans la région, il y a plusieurs uh, joueurs qui sont impliqués dans le secteur, both locally and around the world, based in Atlantic Canada. Uh, as you know, we have the uh, Ocean Supercluster, It's one of the, the five superclusters here. So so the role of the supercluster is like to really to it's an industry led entity and government supported that aims to to position Canada as a leader in the ocean tech sector. So we work very closely with them. In fact, I would say most of their members are already the clients of the Trade Commissioner Service. But for the sector in the region, a lot of players are involved. We have like a provincial government, municipal government, industry associations, universities. But I'd like to point out one organization that's pretty interesting. Uh, It's called CO for Center for Ocean Ventures and Entrepreneurship. And maybe you can see from, maybe not, it's not that clear, but it's just the other side on the Halifax Harbour and it's uh, the old Coast Guard base. So basically, uh, uh, it just opened a year and a half ago or so, but it's really kind of an incubator or a place for everything related to ocean tech in in in, uh, uh, in Atlantic Canada. So it's a mix of like uh, new companies, startups, uh, foreign companies have some offices there, SMEs and organization, Everybody is there. So the last time I count, it's almost of a joke because each time they have about two or three more tenants every two or three weeks. So <laughs> so now they are about 70 tenants over there. And, and it's a very nice place. Place to go, and next time you're here, like we should need to have a visit to, to show you how it is. Fantastic. Uh, my role as a trade commissioner is to work directly with the companies and all those organizations here, and being the first point of contact to connect them to our, to our network abroad. Because it's the sector is so integrated, it's very important for me to really work closely with all the other partners to make sure we're all going in the same direction. Just want to finish, give you like a, a, an interesting example how we work collaboratively with the partners and also within our network. As you're aware, we have this program, internal program, that brings locally engaged uh, trade commissioners to come to regional offices for a few weeks. So last year, we had like our colleague from, from Berlin at the Canadian Embassy in Germany doing the ocean tech sector. So while he was here, we visited companies can expose more like opportunities in Germany. So long story short, two months later, we had a full delegation of German companies, and we were mm-hmm. able to create those synergies and actually like real contracts and real things happened between those, those companies. Uh, pour conclure, it's really a moment très intéressant pour être un, un délégué commercial au bureau régional de l'Atlantique, surtout dans, pour le secteur, je dirais, pour le secteur des technologies océaniques thanks very much. We're close to the
2: end. but I just wanted to get a sense. What do you what would you like people in headquarters to know about life in the regions? I think this, the standard thought for a lot of folks who are either in headquarters or in the field is that those are the kind of polls of the department. You're either on posting or you're you're in Ottawa. But of course, you know we've got people across the country like you who are in these in the regional offices playing this really important role. What, what would you like folks at headquarters or in the field opposed to know?
0: I think it's really important for people to realize that you know we we are here on the ground, and uh, we work a lot with partners, and we learn a lot uh, through our networks. so so often when people have questions, uh, we if we don't have the answer, we can certainly find out uh, through the networks that we have. And also that working in, in a regional office is uh, extremely rewarding. Uh, like Carolyn mentioned, you get to, to deal with the companies at all sorts of phases, and you see them grow and develop and use the services of the trade commissioner service, and there's nothing more rewarding than seeing yeah. firsthand.
2: The effects of what you're doing. So, yeah. so
0: as a public servant, I think we're in a really privileged uh, position in that we work directly with uh, our clients, and the work that we do, we can see the direct results, and we hear from our clients. Yeah. and We have very good satisfaction ratings, so it's, it's a very positive experience.
2: Yeah. Stefan, Carolyn, any thoughts from your perspective?
4: The one thing that I'd like to mention is it is an exciting role. And in headquarters, for example, um, it would be much more siloed, your work. So you would be very specialized Uh, in the region we sort of do everything. So right. we're the communications, we're the uh, frontline um, trade commissioner, we're um, dealing with trade policy, we're dealing with export controls and we, we sort of coordinate and bring all of that to the client. So it's a really exciting role and it's one where we get to work with so many of our colleagues in all the different parts of the department. So every day is a little mm-hmm. bit different and it's really exciting. Yeah, that's what
5: I found the most exciting about our job because like in the morning, I don't know, I might have to call early like to, in Europe and then respond to email, oh, okay, Singapore, I can wait for a few hours because they're sleeping right now, but, and, and we don't know. Like we, it's really like the being like a, every day is different. You could do the job for like 25 years and, and, and you'll be a different day because a different challenge every day. So that's what I like. It's, it's always different. And, and, and again, it's, it's very rewarding when you see the success of your, the companies you're working with.
2: Fantastic. It's vraiment really a pleasure to have the opportunity to talk a little about your work, and congratulations for all the work that you're doing. It's really, it is exciting. Um, you can sort of, you, the conversations that we've been having with stakeholders are extremely positive, and you can just see the activity in this part of the country, which is, uh, you know, you're making a very direct contribution to. So thank you so much.
0: Thank you for listening, and we look forward to you joining us for future episodes of The GAC Files.
1: Merci d'avoir écouté le balado, et nous espérons que vous vous joindrez à nous pour les épisodes futurs des dossiers d'AMC.
0: If you have feedback or suggestions for future topics or guests, please send us an email at extot-ldce at international.gc.ca.
1: Si vous avez des commentaires ou des suggestions concernant des sujets futurs ou de nouveaux invités, veuillez nous envoyer un courriel à extot-ldce à